0: Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM
1: 89.3. It's Market View. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia Pacific markets trading mix this morning. Joining me now to break down all the market action. How is Tuesday looking, Ryan Huang?
0: Pretty good, Michelle. How's yours? Uh,
1: I am hungry for some fries and a burger.
0: A front? What's going on? <laughs> well, let's Breakfast. look at our first
1: story. We're in the thick of earnings season this morning and we're set to look at three well-known brands from three very different industries but who together can give us a sense of just how the global economy has been doing and where Mm. it could be heading to. These three industries are fast food, banking and electric vehicles. Couldn't ask for three sectors more different than these three. So are you ready to join me for a drive through Hong Kong in a Chinese EV eating a Big Mac?
0: (laughs) Wow, you managed to bundle it all into a bit of a happy Meals. So let's unpack it.
1: (laughs) All right. We're talking about McDonald's, HSBC, and BYD. So let's start with McD's. Its profits and sales numbers, both coming in above expectations. Look at that. McDonald's netting $2.3 US dollars during the third quarter of the year, and its same store sales, that's a key metric in the fast food industry, well, that jumped to a lucky 8.8%. So, what is driving McDonald's profits aside from drive-through? Windows?
0: Yeah, they have managed to upsize their profits. And you mentioned 8.8%. That was above the consensus forecast of 7.8%. What was driving it? You've got price hikes. So another familiar reason why we are seeing higher revenue. They have managed to raise their menu prices and pass it on to consumers. But one thing to note is we are seeing some traffic going down because of these price hikes. But the price hikes enough to offset the drop in volume. So comparable sales overall are up. So for McDonald's, that's a good thing. So overall, it's benefiting from marketing campaigns. It's got some tie-ups with movies. All in, all the digital marketing efforts have managed to ramp up enough volume. Plus the price hikes have managed to see it report a good set of third quarter numbers. Yeah
1: drawing on movies and TV shows in which McDonald's has been featured. Product placement appears to be driving sales for it. New menu items like cheesy jalapeno bacon quarter pounder. I'm hungry already. Uh, That's also proving popular. Investors like the news and they also like the fact that McDonald's is raising dividend payments. So McDonald's shares finish up 1.7% overnight. And from that delicious topic let's segue to finance and HSBC. Now the first headline that I saw about HSBC was negative Mm. indicating that the bank's profit numbers have come in below expectations but then I looked closer and I noticed Two things. One, HSBC's after-tax profits actually tripled, more than tripled actually in the last quarter. And two, the bank is announcing a $3 billion share buyback plan which should boost the share's price uh, going forward for the bank. So tell us what was behind HSBC's $6 billion US dollar third quarter performance.
0: Yeah, it is also another familiar reason when we talk about banks mm-hmm. and that is higher interest rates. So it is getting some benefit from the higher interest rate environment. If you look at the NIMS, the net interest margins, we are looking at it now at 1.7%, which is up 19 basis points year on year. Mm -hmm. And that's also above um, the consensus estimates of 1.68%. So the... Uh, measurement of profitability is up and if you look at the profit before tax that rose by 4.5 to 7.7 billion dollars so it is making money and it is rewarding shareholders you mentioned the dividend buy or rather the share buybacks that's going to help support share prices It's also rewarding some of its stuff as well Mm. so you've got a bit of a um, overall approach to make things better from hsbc
1: Definitely happy days there. HSBC shares have been on a downtrend, dropping about 13% over the past quarter. But perhaps that's because the stock fared so well earlier in the year. In context, if you bought HSBC 12 months ago, you'd be sitting still on top of a 40% gain. Looking good. Let's turn to our third company in focus now, China's BYD. It is reporting record profits for the third quarter of the year, equivalent to nearly $2 sing billion. It sold more than 820,000 vehicles. So where do these numbers put BYD in the race vis-a-vis Tesla to be the world's largest electric vehicle maker, Ryan?
0: Yeah, it's very close behind Tesla, very close to overtaking Tesla's the world's biggest seller of EVs. And one thing to note is it's not just in terms of the number of vehicles it is able to sell, but also the profitability of each car. And if you look at the profit per car for BYD, it's up 46% versus the previous quarter. And this is despite all the discounts, the price cutting in the industry where you've got competition intensifying, not just from Tesla, but other names as well. So BYD holding its own, getting more market share, getting more profitable. So that is really painting a very bullish picture ahead for BYD. And then on the other hand, if you look at Tesla, mm-hmm. there are some clouds gathering. If you look at the warning coming from battery supplier Panasonic, uh, is a long-time supplier of batteries, uh, they are flagging a bit of a slump in EVs. So you have that potential red flag for Tesla down the road that they might see some pressure in terms of sales as well.
1: Swinging back to BYD, the business looks strong, but its share price has fallen about 12% over the past three months. So it's going to be interesting to see if these new sales numbers drive renewed interest in the stock. In the meantime, Tesla dropped nearly 5% overnight on news that its battery supply, Panasonic, as you say, is cutting production. And that appears to be a sign that demand for Tesla vehicles is soft, shall we say. All right. Let's take a step back. McDonald's, HSBC, BYD, all reporting very strong third quarter numbers. So, Ryan, do you think we can draw any conclusions about consumer spending or the state of the economy from their performance? Yeah,
0: it does seem like the overarching angle, if there was one, would be the high interest rate environment, and of course, HSBC and many banks benefiting from that. And then you kind of trickle down to the next few layers. Mm -hmm. What do they? What do they mean for consumers? Maybe you have more people turning to fast food now turning away from higher end restaurants so that's benefiting some of these fast food chains like McDonald's Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe that could also weigh on how people might buy um, a new Tesla or not so you've got these various factors playing out higher interest rates could affect how people make their purchases down the road and we did see an inkling of maybe an inflection point with McDonald's raising prices they did report their traffic to their stores did dip slightly. Uh, so you have people willing to pay more for McDonald's but less people willing to go to McDonald's in that sense. Uh, so that is something to keep an eye out for if you no, know, these price hikes are going to be able to um, be sustained.
1: Yeah, let's see whether we can track any of those inflection points with other companies. Roughly half of the S&P 500 constituents have reported their earnings so far. And it is worth noting that these generally have come in above expectations. In fact, three out of every four companies that have reported earnings have announced numbers that are greater than analysts have expected, according to financial data company FactSet. Things are looking good. Let's bring the conversation to Singapore now, where 80-year-old O.K. Lim, the founder of the collapsed oil firm Hin Leong Trading, is on trial. Lim is charged with disbursing fraudulent loans worth more than $3.5 billion. He also faces 130 criminal charges. Lim took the stand yesterday. Interesting story. What's his defense?
0: Yeah, it is a very colorful story. Mm. So... He is trying to overall paint himself as someone who was not very involved in the business, um, pretty much hands off, and you could say he was throwing his employees under the bus. Uh, So overall, he painted his picture as a bit of... He painted his business as a bit of a family business where it's interdependent in the sense that if one side of the business, for example, the bunkering side needed money, then the other parts of the business, which is selling oil perhaps, could lend some funds or whatever they need in terms of resources. So a bit of interconnected synergy in that sense. So that's the way he painted the business overall and of course in the mix in the trial is how there have been so many deals which are a bit um, opaque and quite confusing and complicated which the courts are trying to navigate so that's one thing he tried to paint why some deals were being done and then the other part about it is how he tried to paint himself as someone who was not very IT savvy in fact He says he does not even know how to turn on and off a computer, which paints himself as a bit of a, I guess, IT dinosaur. Mm. Someone who does not know how to operate some of the IT systems and is... Um, uh, I guess, a distance away from running the day-to-day operations in a sense. Mm -hmm. He leaves everything to his supervisors, his team of staff. So he really tried to paint himself as someone who was really hands-off.
1: Yeah, he, he never finished school. Says he doesn't know how to turn a computer on or off. So if you can't do that, how can you send an email, right? He also blames his former personal assistant, saying she was responsible for negotiating those calls and deals with clients and banks. Mm. Hin Leung Trading went bankrupt about three years ago. Remember, this is a business that included trading, ship rental, ship supplies, and uh, we're hearing that Ok Lim describing himself as a hands-off managing director and essentially a left-pocket, right-pocket business model. The company's collapse rocked the oil trading world. And Hin Leong used to be one of Asia's top oil traders We'll continue to keep an eye out on the details that unfold on this story. I want to segue back to the U.S. for a minute to look at markets. The Dow Jones Industrial Average surged more than 500 points overnight to break a three-session sell-off. That is a 1.6% gain for the Dow. The S&P 500 Nasdaq also closed up more than 1%. Now, analysts warn this could be a choppy week for U.S. stocks because there is a lot of economic and corporate news on the calendar so it is time. Corporate news style is do it up or down. Ryan, how's General Motors looking?
0: Let's have some good news. And <laughs> GM has some to report. They have managed to reach a deal with their union workers. So you might have been following all the pressure. Pressures they've been going through with the six-week strike. And of course, um, in the mix is how they've been asking for better conditions, better pay. Well, they've managed to get it. Mm. GM has offered a 25% wage hike. And this is part of a a four-and-a-half-year deal. So, you've got also living adjustments alongside the perks. So, this is enough to end the strikes so good news for general motors
1: indeed that's enough for auto workers i'd say it's enough for gm as well now that the strike is over so automakers can as soon as a deal is ratified look to a 30 percent jump over the next couple of years following this pay rise um the big question is whether the automakers will increase car prices as a result Next up, China Evergrande. Now, yesterday, we talked about how it was a make-or-break day for the beleaguered Chinese property giant. How did its day go in court? Was it an up or down day?
0: Yeah, I will probably go with down. So, this is with the courts pushing back the hearing from mm-hmm. yesterday to December the 4th. So, it just creates even more uncertainty around the company what's going to happen are restructuring plans going to be um, happening or not so all in that really saw investors getting more nervous than they were already and started to sell off and they decided not to wait around so all in you've got Evergrande stocks uh, stock prices dropping their lowest on record down 20 percent
1: Well, it is one of those half-empty, half-full days. A Hong Kong court has given China Evergrande Group a five-week reprieve to deal with creditors or face liquidation. It could have been a lot worse. So I'm going to give China Evergrande a tentative up for now. European banks, how are they looking?
0: All right, so this is going to be, well, a down for me because of a report from JP Morgan. Mm -hmm. And this is with the view that European banks have seen the peak of interest rate Being where they are. So, no longer going to go up, and this is going to mean profitability probably is well, at its peak. And it's time to sell because it has had a good run so far this year, up 8%. Maybe it's time to take some money off the table.
1: Yeah, it's had a good run this so far this year. And JP Morgan reckons they're in for tougher times ahead. So it is recommending going short on European banks, down for the sector in my book too. Next up, mm. a company that listed on the Catalyst board here in Singapore yesterday, it is called Sheffield Green.
0: Yeah, Sheffield Green does have an interesting interesting story. It provides human resources for the renewable energy sector, which is a big thing. Uh, So it made its debut on the Catalyst board, but it was not a blockbuster day one. It was underwater by the end of the day, at least under the IPO price. It closed at 19.1 cents, which was down uh, about... 23.6% from its IPO price.
1: Sheffield Green uh, looks like good business. Yeah, HR focus on the renewable energy sector, this HR company, but its shares finished more than 20% below their IPO price on their first day of trade. So that's a down for me for Sheffield Green. Samudera Shipping.
0: All right, Samudera Shipping is going to be a bit of a down for me. So it is flagging. A bit of a profit warning for the third quarter because it is expecting earnings to be lower and they have described it as you no know, recording a contraction in the third quarter ended September due to a decline in general market demand. So as a result, lower container volume was handled and freight rates were also under pressure. So that's something that is gonna weigh on Samudera's quarter.
1: Yeah, Samudera Shipping says its business is contracting. It's issued a profits warning for the third quarter. Its shares are also off more than 20% over the past three months, altogether down for Samudera Shipping. Last up, Ryan, let's look at OUE
0: Commercial reach. All right, we started with good news. So let's end with a good piece of news as well with OUE Up. 29.8% when it reported its net property income at $62.7 million. And this was driven by some of the good news for Singapore. Mm
1: -mm. Tourism
0: recovering. And you also have the hospitality sector also bouncing back. So it is good news for OUE Commercial REIT.
1: Indeed. so OUE Commercial REIT's properties include One Raffles Place and Mandarin Gallery. Look at that jump of nearly 30% in net property income. So that's definitely an up, even if OUE CREIT's share price is down 30% this year. And for our last word, let's head to the movies, Swifties. Taylor Swift's era's tour concert film has been dethroned. Yes, the movie grossed nearly 150 million U.S. dollars in the U.S. alone, and its success no doubt has helped Swift become even more of a billionaire. She is worth more than a billion U.S. dollars now, get this. But her film is no longer number one at the box office because that honor belongs to a killer animatronic I hope I haven't given too much away. The film is called Five Nights at Freddy's. It's set in an abandoned pizza parlor. It grossed a surprising 78 million US dollars at its opening weekend. Horror is hot. Are you a fan?
0: Uh, I have to say, this is the first time I'm hearing of Freddy the Terror Bear, or he's known as Freddy Fazbear. So, Five Nights at Freddy's is the name of the movie. It's based off a video game for kids. So I am trying to wrap my head around this.
1: I mean, Freddie looks a little cuddly there in that photo you have in <laughs> yeah. front of you. Not my idea of horror. So we've
0: got a bit of a built-in base. Those who are playing the game already will watch a movie. Ah. It's rated PG-13, which is quite unusual for many of these horror movies. So you no know, kids can watch it as well. Um, so a bit of a sweet spot, I suppose, Um Ties into the current mood right now. Everyone's trying to find something spooky to watch. Yeah, happy Halloween, by the way. Yes, as we. Round of the month. We are heading into Halloween. So, perfect timing.
1: Yeah. So, you're right. Because it started as a video game, it does have that built-in audience. The film is popular with teenagers. And it, it grows more in its first week. I am shocked at this comparison. It grows more in its first weekend than the latest Exorcist movie has made during its entire US run so far. I must say, this is... Uh, this... Uh, Exorcist the believer.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the
1: the classic Exorcist
0: ratings. And it is awful. Twenty-six percent on rotten tomatoes. And it is number one. What is going on? (laughs) I really trust rotten tomatoes. So twenty-six percent is making me feel
1: a little queasy. I don't think I think I'm gonna give this a miss.
0: I will miss it as well. Give it a miss.
1: Yeah. Freddie the Fazbear. He actually looks adorable until his eyes go all red,
0: of course. Yeah, I wonder if this is going to be the next big thing in the toy store as well.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, are you? what are you going uh, as for Halloween parties
0: ah. this year? <laughs> uh, I have not decided yet. So it's between a tax collector or <laughs> a pizza guy. <laughs>
1: Okay, all right. What about you, Michelle? I stick to, listen, it works every year. So I'm going as an inverted, um, as a graph. You know, okay. cycle, market cycle.
0: Inverted yield curve? Inverted yield
1: curve, that's me. It's a sign so easy. Of things to come. Just graph paper on me and then draw a curve. Easy. All right, well, thank you, everybody. Happy Halloween. And um, will you be watching that new movie, Five Nights at Freddy's? Listen, you've been warned.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.